Well, hey, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> this is uh, Spencer here again with Pastor Mike Brewer, Pastor David Robinette. Hi. Good morning. And uh, we are doing a, another uh, podcast episode for you today discussing um, the life of Joseph, which is what we've been doing the past few weeks. And I want to apologize because we missed... Uh, last week's episode, um, just due to the three of us uh, all being in different places. Quite frankly, I can't even remember why we missed last week. Probably your fault. It probably was. Yeah. But it, it was, doesn't matter. It was your community service week. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I court ordered. <laughs> Whatever keeps you out of prison. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty that. sure that's what you used last week. When oh, you, is it? Oh, yeah. bummer. Okay. Yeah, you used <laughs> that last time. I'm a one-trick pony. <laughs> um, no, we, uh, yeah, we, instead of uh, doing two separate podcasts for what we missed last week, we just decided to kind of combine the two into our discussion today, which I think is actually going to be really good because um, one of the things we want to talk about uh, from from last week, the week that we missed, uh, is is uh, very simply the, the theme and the title of Pastor Dave's sermon which was, do we really value grace? And um, I think that's a great question because we, uh, I think we could all say, and the three of us will have this talk here in a second, but I think we could all say uh, there's probably times where we have um, devalued the grace of God in our lives in, for, for various things. And uh, so I'm excited to kind of get into that um, today. You guys doing all right? Yeah. Exceptionally well. Anything we need to uh, talk about before we dive into this today? No. No? Okay. We are, let's see, next week's podcast will be released the day of or the day after the uh, election. Yeah. So that'll be an interesting, we're almost there. We're close. And that'll you probably be won't be here because you'll be out rioting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Depending on what happens, you know, I'll be, yeah, I'll be out, I'll be out rioting. <laughs> yeah, destroying Spencer just stuff. broke out all the windows of yep. the church. That's it. <clears throat> yeah, you. Uh, <laughs> maybe I will have some community service hours to make up. My fear is that we're going to have the election on Tuesday. We're, it's going to be a month before anything gets settled, and so I we're know. going to have all of this goofiness I for the know. next month. If everybody would just vote early, then we could have everything counted by then, <laughs> and then we could have it all settled. <laughs> no, because there's potential fraud in that, Mike. You can't do that. You know, I've been around long enough to have heard all the stories about fraud where everybody voted on Election Day. <laughs> so I know fraud can happen any time. <laughs> you know, I believe vote early, vote often. Is that a thing? No. It was in the 80s when you when you actually called into radio stations and voted for your favorite songs. Right. Called in TV. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember oh, those days. Oh, gosh. Those days were before me. Radio That's, stations? Yeah. No, well, calling, calling into radio stations to vote for your favorite song. Dialing. Remember you had to dial your phone and, and yep. hope that you dialed faster than the guy next to you? Yeah. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, hey, let's. Uh, yeah. Next week will be interesting. Uh, we'll we'll probably have some some thoughts to share over the next couple of weeks uh, on just uh, 
the state of our country and, and our response as Christians uh, in the midst of our discussion in the life of Joseph, obviously. But um, today I'm, I am excited because, uh, as I mentioned, the first part of this discussion will be based off of this question, which was the theme of Pastor Dave's message last week. Um, do we really value grace? And then uh, after we, we talk about that for a minute, we'll uh, dive into this week's discussion based off of um, Pastor Dave's message this past Sunday, which was titled Making All Things New. So uh, let me just kind of open it up and, and maybe, Dad, if you want to start um, just by by kind of answering or, or sharing a little bit about where that question came from. Do we really value grace? Yeah, I think um, if, you, if you've been reading along in Joseph with us, chapters 42, 43, and 44 are like the most frustrating chapters to read because it's this continual back and forth yeah. between Joseph and his brothers. You know, they come to buy grain, um, then, and he recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. He sends them home with grain. He gives them all their money back, um, but they find it, and they're all freaked out about you know, they're going to think we stole this. Yeah. And, and then the next chapter, you, but you have to bring your brother Benjamin back the next time. And, and so the, it's just a constant back and forth, back and forth. And you read it and you think, what's the purpose of all this back and forth? And then you realize, you know, Joseph is really, through Joseph, God is establishing in the mind of those 10 brothers, um, this is how much you're going to be forgiven. Wow. You're, you don't deserve to be forgiven for anything. You sold your brother into slavery. You know, you wanted to kill him. Well, you yeah. sold him. Well, he's alive, and he has all control over your life now. And yet um, they still didn't realize how much they were going to be forgiven until you get to the end of chapter 44. Yeah. And I think it just once again points to, you know, it's it, our sin put the Lord Jesus on the cross. And yet, when it comes to our forgiveness, He holds all the cards. Yeah. Um, and yet, He is so driven to be reconciled to us in His love and compassion for us that He can't, uh, uh, as we found out in chapter 45, He cannot wait to, to uh, make Himself known to us. Yeah. And, and uh, it's, a, it's just... Uh, you know, one of those things where the brothers, they, they had to go through a number of months of, of feeling like, you know, this is, this is a mess, you know? What are we going to do about all this? And only to find out that they're going to be forgiven for all of it right. if they just simply acknowledge that Joseph is the guy who's in charge. And I think the same is true for us. You know, we make a huge mess of our lives. Sin makes a huge mess of our lives. And yet Jesus is ready to be that redeemer, that, that forgiver, the one who is ready to, to, to clean it all up and make it all new again. I think for me, one of the, um, one of the foundational pieces of my understanding of grace today actually comes from uh, a message that Taylor, my brother, shared when we were planting, Mike and I were planting downtown Cincinnati tapestry, and uh, he preached at our church once, and his one of the, the the main points of his message was um, if we if we think little of our sin or if we think little of the mess in our life then we devalue mm. the grace God has yeah you know if, if we don't if we don't understand what we are being forgiven from 
if we put little value into that, then we're, we're belittling the grace of God. Yeah. And I, that's just been such a powerful thing for me because I think, I think sometimes in Christian culture, you get one extreme or the other. You, you get heavy sin, you get heavy, you're a terrible, terrible person, you know, heavy, uh, you know, the, you don't deserve God because of the sin in your life. Or you get heavy grace. You get heavy, you know, it's where we only hear of God's love. We only hear of compassion, forgiveness, and mercy, which is there, obviously. But I think the, the real revelation in God's grace for us is in the middle. You know, I think we have to recognize our sin. We have to recognize the, the separation that we have have placed between us and God because of sin. But at the same time, that's the Bible also says nothing separates us from the love. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. So we also then have to place heavy weight in God's love and his redeeming grace for us, um, which far outweighs and surpasses the sin. And, uh, but I, I did that, that thought though, I, I just love, you know, if we, if we, put little weight in the sin in our life, then we belittle the grace of God. Mm. And uh, I just think that's a big thing. Mike, any thoughts? I, when I think about whether I value grace or not, it takes me back to when I was a kid. And w- whether it was in my head or the way I was directly taught, it was always uh, be ready. Whatever that last sin was you committed, if you haven't repented for that, Jesus comes back you're dead, right? Yeah, you're, yeah. Things are things are not going to go well. <laughs> We're moving on. You're not. And I was like, I, w- I would sit there and wow. I would tally up the sins that I could think of that day. And then I'd think, how can I keep up with this? Like, <laughs> you know, right. I'm a kid or, or when I was a teenager, you know, that's even worse. A teenage boy trying to go half an hour without sinning is even harder. So I was like, man, this doesn't work. And, you know, as I have a better understanding of grace now, uh, I can look back and, and realize that 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 whole situation didn't show grace. I mean, yeah. just to think like that, just it almost reverses grace and, and yeah. diminishes the work Jesus did. But I, then I also think about the sins I am committing. Like, I know Jesus isn't looking for me to be sorry for those things. Mm. Like, same way when we hear our kids say, we're sorry, you know, I messed up, we're sorry. What we really don't want them to be sorry. We want them to just stop doing it, right? right. Knock it off and stop doing it. And I think uh, to know that my sin isn't something that's going to keep me away from his love. In fact, right. when I sin, I, I can just step back and realize that I need to stop doing that because of his love for me. Yeah. Now, like I don't have this, this guilt or this feeling that I'm going to run out of time or end up in hell. I have this feeling like, oh, man, I know the grace of God. I w- and then it makes me not want to just say, I'm sorry. I'm rambling now. I know, but that no, makes yeah. me not want to just say, man, I'm sorry. I screwed up. I really didn't mean, you know, please forgive me to, I don't want to be like this anymore. Yeah. I want to eradicate this from my life. Yeah. And that's when I think of grace, that's where my mind heads now. Wow. I love that. And, and I think I love first Corinthians 13, the, which we have deemed the love chapter. And, and one of the characteristics of the love of God is that it, holds no record of wrong he holds no records of wrong and that's hard for us to comprehend i think and understand because that's what we do like and and sadly i think there are a lot of 
churches that preach that, like you were just saying, uh, tally up the sin in your life because at, at some point you're going to be held accountable for it. And, and yet the Bible says that God's love holds no record of wrong. And so I'm wondering where the balance there, then how, how we miss that balance sometimes. Uh, yes, as I just said, if we make little of sin, then we make little of God's grace. But at the same time, God's love is greater than that, surpasses that. The Bible says that his love holds no records of wrong. Um, I just feel like we often miss, miss out on that. Yeah. I don't know. Any final thoughts before we move on? No, I rambled enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think that's good. And I think that that's a question that we need to ask uh, ourselves that we need to um, think about often. Do we, do we value grace? Do we understand grace? Um, yes. I think it's one thing to recognize the sin in our life. But I think it's another thing to recognize that God's love, his compassion, his forgiveness is so much greater that we don't have to sit in. I love what you said. We don't have to sit in our mess. We don't have to sit in the mistakes that we've made. We can rest in the fact that Jesus has called us to a greater standard of living. And it's so much better than uh, and we get to live. That. It's like that idea. We get to live that way. You know, mm. We don't have to just sit back and be sorry for for the sin. <laughs> You we're know, sorry enough. Or we're, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, we get to, to to be in relationship with Jesus and experience that love. That's a, that's a big thing. I think to value anything, you have to have something to measure it against. Yeah. And um, and and the, the beauty of grace is that it's measured against our sinfulness. Yeah. And clearly. Um, it should be the thing that we value the most in life. Yeah, that's good. All right, so this week, um, your, uh, your, your message was titled Making All Things New, coming out of Genesis 45 through 46. And um, I'll let you kind of speak to your, your thoughts behind it here in just a second. Um, but I want to read uh, the sort of the, the short paragraph that you used to intro this message. You said, God sent Joseph to Egypt to save a nation. And in doing so, the curtain is pulled back for just a moment, displaying his mysterious ways. Thankfully, he is doing the same for us continually, working mysteriously to make everything new for us as well. And this idea of making new, making all things new, I thought you uh, expressed very beautifully on Sunday. Um, so would you share just sort of your thought process into uh, your, your message? Yeah. Um, and then we'll, we'll dive deeper into it. You know, as I, as I read through 45 and 46, and that's typically what I'll do is I'll read, you know, I'll read through. I'm, I'm a little ahead, the reading plan usually, but, but read through those passages. And whatever verses really just kind of speak most to me, yeah, that's what I'm. I, I believe in the old adage that Dallas Willard said: "You can only serve what you're cooking." And so, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, that's that. If God's cooking at my heart, then that's what I'm going to serve. And the thing that most spoke to me when in 45 and 46 is when J uh, Pharaoh tells Joseph, "Go send for your family. Uh, you're, recon you're reconciled to your brothers. 
beautiful thing, you know, just uh, the relationships restored. Um, and uh, now it's time to go get your dad. Yeah. And when uh, he tells Joseph to do that, he says, uh, by the way, tell them to bring their flocks and their herds and all their, the, the stuff that they've, you know, the animals they've acquired and their kids and make sure they bring everybody, but don't bring their stuff. Um, leave all that stuff behind because we're going to give them all new stuff because they're going to have the best of the land of Egypt. Wow. And, and I thought, you know, man, how powerful is that? And we've already talked about how Joseph is a model for the ministry of Jesus, one of the earliest models in the Old Testament that we see of Jesus' life. And when we give our life to Jesus, that's what he says to us, you know. Second mm. Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, uh, the old is gone, the new has come. Yeah. And and so Jesus says, hey, come into my family and bring your family with you. You know, do the best you can to bring everybody along. But as you're doing that, leave all your stuff back there in your old life because you you're not going to want all that old stuff. Yeah. You're not going to want the anger and the bitterness and the and the the uh, um, the fear. And like Mike was talking about, the fear of not living a life of grace. You know, you're leave that stuff behind because we've got a new thing for you. And the new thing for you is forgiveness and love and risk and and uh, uh, following a, a shepherd. Now, you're not yeah. going to have to live life on your own. You're going to have a shepherd leading you. And, uh, um, and I think, you know, all of those beautiful things that that come to the, the body of Christ as individual believers and as 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 the body. The, just the blessings of everything that's new. And then the big ultimate new is when we go to heaven, right. this life is over. And, you know, the Bible says our bodies are wasting away every day, but internally Amen. God is continually <laughs> making everything new. And so we know what's ahead of us. Yeah. And what's ahead of us is the ultimate new. Revelation 21 is the, you know, where God says he'll wipe every tear from their eyes so there'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Um, behold, I've made all things new. Write this down. This is trustworthy and true. Yeah. And so I just love that beauty of newness. I think that's good. And you mentioned this Sunday too. Um, we have a tendency to, uh, I think, drag along our mm -hmm. old. And, and I feel like uh, for a lot of us that feel stuck or a lot yeah. of us that feel like we can't get out of the, our past or whatever. Um, it's probably because we're still dragging it along. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and I think too, and I believe you mentioned this Sunday also, we're going to live in the reality of what we're feeding. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we have a right. tendency to feed the old yeah. and feed our past um, rather than, separating ourselves from it learning from it we don't i mean I, I don't think we just need to forget it necessarily yeah but we can learn from it grow from it uh and 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 move forward into what yeah. god has new i just think that's a powerful thing that we i mean how often are we feeding our our past yeah in, in such a negative destructive way um in, instead of just trusting in god and stepping out into the newness that he has for us mm. Mike, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was kind of surprised when I saw that the, the message was called Making All Things New. And, I, and it was only because I didn't see past Joseph's grace that he gave his family. Like, I was, I was so taken by 
the way he handled his brothers and that whole situation that I didn't even think about the uh, about the correlation between him and Jesus and inviting people into a new way of life. I just I, the first thing that hit me was when he told his brothers uh, in verse five to don't be upset uh, or be angry with yourself for selling me into this place. Like he instantly, right. not only did he instantly forgive them, he released them from even being <laughs> upset with themselves. It's unbelievable. About it. Yeah. And I thought, man, Jesus was, Jesus was always inviting people into a new way of living and mm-hmm. thinking. And, and I can't even think of a time where, where, where Jesus, I mean, other than his own actions, sacrificing himself so that we could be, we could be uh, redeemed or, or, uh, or not even have to worry about our past sin to be ashamed of it. Mm. And Joseph's doing this to his own family who sold him into slavery. Right. And I thought, man, he's, he's releasing them from everything and then completely taking care of them. Yeah. Blew my mind. And I, and all I could think was, especially after the message was that's, I mean, if there's any other way, any other, any other way that's closer to Jesus, I don't know what it is because it's it. he, he forgave, he released them, he took care of them. He right. got to see his dad again. It just every, everything, um, Everything you can ask for in a love, grace, forgiveness, all the, all that situation, it was right there, and it it blew me away. Yeah, because that's the that's the I agree with you. It's the most beautiful picture of step one. What Jesus does for us is he releases us from our past. You know that, that thing that thing that we're feeding, that thing that we're just dragging mm-hmm. along, that we're sh- that's that's keeping us stuck from moving forward or from experiencing new. Jesus releases us from our past and then draws us into that new way of living. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think this is a beautiful picture that I don't know that I'll ever be able to live up to of, uh, of what Jesus does for us. You know, one of the other things, kind of a subplot to this, that I love about the reading plan is that, you know, we're reading a couple chapters a week. Right. And in a sermon, you, you, you can't cover everything that's in there. I mean, this Life of Joseph study could be months long if you took every little aspect of right. what Mike's catching and what you're catching and what I'm catching. But, you know, we have a 30 or 40 minutes on Sunday morning in a sermon to try to share at least a, a single element or two of what we've read that week. But we're all gaining so much more in our own personal time in the Word. And then, you know, we get together in our small groups. We talk about those things that we're gathering and... Um, and it's all it's not based on just one guy who has the opportunity to preach one sermon right. for us to gain understanding but we you know as you journal your way through those chapters that week you're picking up all kinds of different things and you know right. to hear hear Mike say I was really shocked when I saw the the title of the sermon because that's not what I got from it I got something else and so we throw all of these things and we start putting them all in a you know in a collection or a pile of understanding and it really becomes powerful. Yeah. And I think I think at the same time though what's really cool is while maybe we're receiving something different, I feel like God has been presenting similar messages mm. to our body as a whole together in that uh I, I was talking with a lady after church yesterday who was just sharing with me her story uh, reflecting on what you had just said in your message, 
and she was just talking about it. And I said, you know, I, I can think right now there are 10, 15 other people that maybe they've, maybe the context of their situation was a little different, but they've mm -hmm. gone through the same thing you're going through. Yeah. And to see how beautiful it is when God, and I think you know, this is the work of the Holy Spirit, br bringing a message to you to share with the body that just draws us all closer together yeah. to a recognition that we are in this together, that this is family, that, that we have an opportunity to walk. We, we've been called to walk this life together. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just beautiful when he brings something. I mean, he may be bringing something different to all of us, but when we share these things, there's a commonality, I think, yeah. in what's being presented to the body as a whole. Yep. I just think that, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a beautiful thing. Mm. Well, this, this leads me to uh, my favorite two discipleship questions, and I can't think of a better chapter to throw these out right now. Um, I love asking, what is God telling you when you read this? Yeah. And what are we going to do about it? So I'm going to throw that out. Uh, I'm going to answer it first, though, just so I'm not just putting you guys on the spot. But <laughs> when, I think it, when I read this chapter and I say, what is God trying to tell Mike? What is he trying to tell me? Uh, I, honestly, I, what I get is that forgiveness isn't enough. When it comes to me dealing with other people, mm. there's there's another step to forgiveness that I leave out, and um, and it's that that peace when he released his brothers from even having shame or guilt. Yeah, wow. I uh, in my life there are people that I've forgiven for big things, and never once in my mind did I think that was that was comp did I think that there needed to be another step to mm. it. Like I needed to release them from their shame or guilt. I always, I've always thought uh, that's as good as it's going to get. I'm not going to get yeah. what I need out of it, but I'm going to forgive them. Yeah. But what I've missed is uh, I should have released them from their, their shame or guilt. I, the forgiveness was always more about me. Like I need to let mm. this go so I can move on with my life so I can move on and be emotionally healthy or spiritually healthy but I didn't release them from the, from their shame or guilt. I just I did it more for me, which sounds horrible. Well, I and think I'm well, one of your pastors, so <laughs> well, let you're me, welcome. Let me just speak to that for a second, though, because what we often say, uh, whether it's from a spiritual perspective or just life, whatever, is unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, is that how I that goes? I don't think I've ever heard that, but okay, yeah, that sounds if right. You, if, if you don't forgive, it's like, or bitterness. You know, if you, you, you yeah. get bitter, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yeah, that's exactly. That's what I was trying to think of. So, um, but there's, and, and we often stop there mm -hmm. because we're calling people to forgiveness. We're calling people to, to forgive those around, even if the other person was the was the one that brought the hurt yeah. to you often we live in this place of unforgiveness and we're drawing people to forgiveness but there's another step jesus took another step and this is what you're saying mike and that second step is to also not just forgive them but release them from any thought or feeling that might be holding them back towards what they had done to you yeah and uh and that i think's well one, it's rarely addressed, which means probably because that's a lot harder to do. 
You know, in, in some ways, we start to get into the nuances of the difference between mercy and grace. Wow. You know, if mercy is not being given what we deserve. You know, we, we deserve to be punished, but we're not given that punishment. You know, forgiveness is a part of not giving that punishment. Grace is unmerited favor or being given what we don't deserve. Yeah. And so we're not given what we deserve. We're not given the punishment that we deserve. But then we're given what we don't deserve, which is the total release from the consequences of that punishment. Um, And you you think about it. um, Now, I haven't thought this whole thing through, so forgive me for just kind of throwing it off the top of my head. But if you you look at like people who have committed crimes and they go to jail and they, you know, they've they've done their 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 debt to society and they're released from prison. But once you have a prison record, you can't vote. You know, it, you have a hard time getting a job. You've got this record. And, and until they're able to get that expunged or, or removed from their record, they have all these terrible things that follow their lives. Right. And the recidivism rate or the rate of people going back to prison is so high because, you know, I can't feed my family, so I'm going to have to start stealing again. I'm going to have to start doing all these bad things again, just try to survive. And I'm not saying that's just the answer to all of it. But in some ways, it's like when when God forgives us, one, we're released from prison. Um, Jesus paid our debt to society, so we're released from prison. We don't do any prison time. And then second, I mean, any prison time we do is our own prison. Right. But we're released from that by Jesus. And then secondly, we don't have a record. Right. You know, we're able to become free and complete members of the body of Christ with everything available to us that any other member has um, with, as if we had never sinned, you know. And to me, that's, that's a remarkable thing. Well, what would happen if we, as the church, actually lived that, lived that out? I feel like we are we there's something in the midst and again I'm also just now thinking of this so this is probably an incomplete thought but there's a piece to that puzzle that we are missing as a yeah. church you know mm-hmm. we are called to be to to carry the characteristics of Jesus into the world around us and if that's who Jesus is to us uh that's who we're supposed to be to others and I feel like there's a piece of that that we often miss yeah You've been both forgiven and expunged. Yeah. You know, you're, it's like you're, you've been forgiven of your sin. And oh, by the way, um, you don't have a record anymore. Yeah. And according to 1 Corinthians 13, perfect love says, um, I'm not going to keep a record of these sins. That's what Jesus does. Right. But then we say, yeah, but that's Jesus. Well, no, Paul says that's supposed to be us. Right. It was Joseph. I mean, he was a human being. And it's supposed to be us. So I think you're right. There's a layer of this. Um, and Mike, my, my mind is drawn back to your illustration of, of growing up and feeling like, am I good with God right now? I've, I've, I've sinned. You know, I better clean this up. And, and what a fear that you live with based on that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's in, in other religions, in Islam and in Hindu and uh, uh these other religions, that's how they control people. Right. You're controlled by a God of fear. Um, but we don't have a God of fear. No. We've not been given that spirit of fear. We've been given a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And so we're supposed to live in that freedom. Wow. Plus, at school, we would have these drills. 
because we were afraid of nuclear bombs were going to land on us too. Mm-hmm. So it was always this one-two punch of you're going to get nuked and die and you're not going to be ready. And I was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> it doesn't sound right, but okay. Man. Yeah. You know, I just read this morning on uh, uh, got a I just saw a Facebook post from a a friend from high school and her son and daughter-in-law were supposed to get married this coming weekend. Um, She just tested positive for COVID and now her, her whole family, anybody who's been around her, they have to shut it all down and quarantine and all that kind of stuff. And and everybody's brokenhearted because of all the things that have been robbed from them this year. Now they're not going to have that wedding ceremony. But my mind was taken to, and, and you know, I, I, it is, it's a heartbreaker. Right. Nothing short of a heartbreaker. Right. But in some ways, you think about it, they're going to be given, even though the ceremony is, has been jolted, they, they're still going to have a life of, of uh, wedded, hopefully, you know, wedded love, and yeah. we call it wedded bliss. All that's ahead of them. And we put so much emphasis on a ceremony, right. we forget about the whole life that follows. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the, the, uh, when, when we come to Christ, his emphasis is not just the, the uh, you know, walk the, walk the aisle and, and uh, being baptized. Oh, there's a great, I mean, we, we need to do that, acknowledging Christ and expressing Christ publicly and all that kind of stuff. But he's ready to shepherd us for a lifetime. Yeah. And that's a lifetime of freedom. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, Mike, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> you said you had two questions. Your first one led us yeah. into that. <laughs> and the second question is, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess, the yeah, the answer to that is probably uh, I just have to start reframing how I think in each yeah. situation. Like, I, I have to not only forgive them, but realize that when I forgive them, I'm releasing them from any shame or guilt. I can't, I can't expect them especially in a situation where you're forgiving someone that is unrepentant in the first place. Right. Right. I have to not only understand that I'm not going to get a, uh, Hey, I, you know, I was wrong from them. I have to go ahead and release them from ever having to worry about that. Right. And that's my thinking right now says that's messed up, but really I'm messed up for thinking that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's who Jesus is and that's how he works. And that's what I need to be more like. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, my only thing that I would add to, to either of those is just the beauty of, I mean, that's that's real, true grace and forgiveness. Mm. Uh, and then if we can take that step, the very next step then is this free path into whatever God has new for us, this making all things new. Um, I think we often just get held up in that in the past and the unforgiveness and the whatever, when that's where we get stuck. And so even if, even though God is creating new for us, you know, we, even if he gives us a, a glimpse into that newness, we're still carrying yeah. the bitterness and the hurt of our past. But if we can take these steps towards forgiveness, towards understanding and accepting real grace, then this future of new that God has for us is just going to, is, 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 uh, it's just going to be beautiful uh, in the midst of freedom from whatever was holding us mm. back. Any final thoughts from you, Dad? No. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you guys for this. I felt like that was uh, 
Yeah, it got heavy. Yeah, that got heavy. Uh, that was, um, I think, went a little deeper than we were expecting. Um, now the- I wish that we had the the uh, um, tradition of a siesta. <laughs> right. Let's go eat Let's lunch go and take a, a two-hour nap. <laughs> I know. Man. Well, hey, for those of you um, listening, we thank you for being a part of this today. Hopefully you made it all the way to the end of this. Uh, I felt like that was <laughs> some good discussion there at the end. Uh, we hope that you were blessed and encouraged by this uh, and, and maybe even challenged. I mean, I think some of the things that that were shared, discussed are difficult things uh, that I don't think any of us here have mastered. Uh, and... This is just a, a part of, of what it looks like to, to live life with Jesus. And he is continually drawing us to these, these um, places of recognizing what life, the beautiful life that he has for us. If we would just take some of these, these steps towards grace and forgiveness. And, um, so anyways, we hope that you are blessed and encouraged by this. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you guys for having this conversation with me. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Yeah. Hey. Bye.